It's time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Uh, good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? Well, you know, I was hoping for more blue sky today, but I guess it's not going to happen. Well, at least the markets are in the green. So you've got good news on that front. Markets are all positive today, and hopefully we will see the sunshine sooner at some point as well. Yeah, well, fingers crossed on that. So yeah, tell me more about the markets. How are they doing? Yeah, so we've obviously had a minor pullback over the past couple of weeks, about 7% from the high. North American markets have bounced about 2% from recent lows, and a lot of this has to do with uh, vaccine optimism and positive economic data out of China as well. I mean, Pfizer's recently expanded their latest Phase 3 trial, and they're talking about a vaccine uh, will likely be rolled out before the end of 2020. Again, I mean, I don't know if that's a little too bullish. And again, how long does it take for everybody uh, to, to get a dose? So it may take a, a while still, um, but still good news and markets like that. Also, we saw industrial production grew by 6% in China. And also retail sales are growing there. So we're starting to see a bit of a global recovery. So markets uh, get excited over those sorts of things, of course. And, you know, I'd say it's still too early to say that this pullback is over. Um, you know, you and I have been talking about uh, leading up to the U.S. election. Usually we will see choppy markets, and so that's to be expected. And, you know, we've uh, proactively kind of um, adjusted the portfolio, being ready for that. And again, this isn't something to be overly worried about. But uh, when we look back historically and looking at other elections, uh, we definitely noticed that markets fell off kind of leading up to the election and sometimes for a week or two following the election as well. So just be prepared for that. Okay, let's talk about Canadian interest rates and inflation, because given the way things are right now, I definitely made a call to my bank to do a little blending on my interest rate. Exactly. Blending and extending, right? I mean, um, you know, rates are going to be low for some time. Bank of uh, Canada kept its benchmark interest rate at uh, 0.25%, and they really don't expect that to increase for, for years, I think, to come. And, you know, they're talking about that they're going to continue stimulus for, for some time. Inflation is super low here. Uh, so I don't see that changing. And again, that's why you see a little bit of uh, fuel on the fire here in terms of the real estate market, uh, because rates are so low. I mean, you're looking at getting a, you know, a five-year locked mortgage for just over 2%. I mean, that's like free money. But again, just always keep in mind, even though rates are low, that's good for the economy. Uh, the reason they're low is because there's also risk to the economy right now. Um, and so uh, in terms of taking out mortgages and buying real estate, always just make sure you're buying only the amount of house that you can afford. Right. Always good advice there. We know not everybody heeds that advice. Uh, what about inflation? Yeah, inflation uh, increased minimally here in August um, as core inflation uh, is at about 0.8%, far off the high of 2% prior to the pandemic. And inflation is expected to pick up in the next two years due to the amount of continued stimulus, which, again, is why we have a position in gold at this time. Gold tends to do well when there's more inflation. Um, also in the U.S., so inflation is higher at about 1.7%. And so we're kind of looking into, you know, what is the difference? Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised at, at how big that difference was. Uh, but it's actually clothing, airfare, and car insurance. It seems the prices have come up since the pandemic uh, south of the border compared to here in Canada. I mean, I don't know in B.C. if we would agree with that. I think we all think car insurance is a little out of control here. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, you know, it's something I think most, uh, most of us complain about. But uh, anyway, so we're seeing inflation remain uh, fairly low at this time so they of course can keep rates lower for an extended period of time okay well that's good to see then but there's what is it that inflation doesn't cover right it doesn't cover things like real estate prices 
real estate, yeah, and uh, gasoline prices are included. So, again, that can affect uh, inflation as well. But, of course, what we're seeing is oil prices remain low. Uh, so gasoline prices at the pump are going to remain low for some time. Of course, that can change uh, sometimes at the drop of a hat. But at this point, we expect uh, oil prices to remain low. So we just don't see inflation uh, moving up uh, too swiftly at this time. And so, again, long term, we're looking at uh, lower interest rates. And again, we're in sectors that benefit from uh, from lower rates. And uh, and that's how you need to position your portfolio at this time. And, and again, with the upcoming election, just be careful with uh, the volatility that we expect to come. But again, this isn't a reason to panic. Just have some powder dry, be in the right sectors. Uh, make sure you or your financial advisor is doing some research on, uh, on what can do uh, better determined by which party gets in and so on. All right, let's talk about mutual fund investing. And what, what are some of the major pitfalls of that? Yeah, you know, I want to talk about mutual funds a little because I'm still surprised that those portfolios, people that call us, um, you know, from the radio, from the newspaper, from wherever, and they still have 100% of their investments in mutual funds. And people may, and mutual funds, in my opinion, were kind of developed for people who had smaller portfolios. If you have a portfolio that's 500000 plus, to be 100% of mutual funds, to me, is probably not the, the best route to go. I think that there's better ways to be an investor because of the pitfalls I see in terms of the mutual fund industry. I mean, I've been talking about it for 20 years now on air, or on uh, through publications, through media, and so on, and, and not all mutual funds are bad, but there are some reasons to be concerned sometimes when looking at uh, the mutual fund industry as a whole. And uh, one of those is overpaying. I mean, there's a huge issue for investors in mutual funds uh, just in terms of the fees. Uh, they're not transparent. You can't see them for the most part. Uh, and many mutual funds are, you know, you're, you're paying 2 to 2.5%, which is fairly high. Uh, you also can't expense that fee for tax purposes. And so that also uh, is a pitfall of uh, being a mutual fund investor, in my opinion. There's better ways to do things nowadays. Uh, also, a lot of mutual funds closet index. They, you know, and what that means is that they create a basket of stocks that replicates one of the indices out there. And they're not really earning that fee. So one, you could be paying a high fee, but number two, now you're, you're not even, they're not even adding value for the fee that you're paying. So you have to be careful about that. We see a lot of mutual funds. We do a lot of research on them and we see a lot of funds actually capture a hundred percent of the downside of the market. So basically they go down exactly what the market goes down but they actually don't increase as much as the market. So again, what are you actually paying for? So that would be my view on closet indexing and overpaying. So those are two of the pitfalls mm-hmm. that we see. So how do we invest then in mutual funds? Well, there's still, you know, still looking at some of the reasons to, you know, stay away from some of those funds. Um, I would say the idea that mutual funds are actively managing uh, the portfolios. I think there's a lot of fake active management out there and uh, they're more in a buy, hold and, and hope kind of situation. And some funds get so large that they don't really have the ability to be flexible, to be nimble, to get in and out of markets. And so I see that also as a, as a pitfall of investing in mutual funds and just generally the lack of transparency. Uh, mutual funds are kind of a one-line item on your statement, which means you can't see what's being bought or sold. There are updates either monthly or quarterly you can see, but generally speaking, you don't know how much you have in any particular holding on any day. 
uh, where, again, what we tend to do for our clients, uh, the majority is in individual stocks um, that we're buying and selling on a daily basis for them, which is very transparent. We do use some funds. So to your question of do you use funds at all, you know, yeah, we do. If we, if we can't get exposure to another manager that we want, uh, so too we use Manulife and Dynamic. Um, and even some of the bond managers out there, you can't get them in what we call a separately managed account. You have to be in a fund version. And so we use bond funds for that reason. So again, there can be a reason to use a mutual fund as long as the manager is truly an active manager. Uh, in our opinion, uh, some bond fund managers out there are great and you need to have mm-hmm. size when investing in a bond fund. So, so again, there are reasons to invest in a fund sometimes, but I prefer for our clients to invest directly in individual stocks and be actively managing those with my team. All right. Well, thanks very much for the advice this morning. Thanks so much, Simi. You have a great weekend. Let's hope we see the sun later on. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Lori. That's Lori Pinkowski, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now, you can contact the Pinkowski Wealth Management Team directly. Their phone number is 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.